We are blessed, amen? Until yeah. somebody drinks out of your water. <laughs> it wouldn't be so bad, but she's kissed Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do the pucker them lips at me, Brian. <laughs> well, amen. You might as well have fun at church, amen? Can't have it at the grocery store or the gas station, amen? You might as well have fun here. Speaking of fun, uh, Dustin, it is your birthday, and, and uh-oh, <laughs> and uh, Christy and, and Cheyenne, they came up to me, and they said that we want to sing happy birthday to uh, uh, Dustin. She meant the whole church, but I told her it would have to be her and Cheyenne. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't do that to you, brother. <clears throat> Not to have Christy sing to you, no. Uh, That's kind of insulting you on your birthday, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Take your Bibles and turn with me again back to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19. You say, why are we going back there again? Because you didn't listen good enough this morning. We're going to preach it again. Amen. <laughs> Genesis chapter 19. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to this evening. Genesis chapter 19. Just going to read two verses here. Verses that we read this morning, but uh, a different thought. A little bit of a different thought. Going a little bit different direction here. Genesis chapter 19, and begin reading in verse 15, it says, And when the morning arose, the, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters. And the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. In verse 16, I want you to notice the, the very first part of that verse, which is our text we're taking tonight. It says, and while he lingered, while he lingered. I'd like to preach you a message I've titled Lingering. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. We thank you for your mercies, your goodness, your blessings. Lord, we are so blessed. We are blessed. Lord, we need to get our eyes off of our flesh. We need to get our eyes off this old world and get our eyes focused on you and count those blessings and be stirred to live for you in a greater way. Lord, I need your presence. I need your hand, Lord, on my heart and life tonight as I preach. Lord, I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. May Jesus Christ be lifted up. May you be seen above all. And Lord, may we get something tonight that will stir our hearts, that will draw us closer to you, that will help us to be the type of Christian that you want us to be. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. There's good places to linger and there's bad places to linger. Uh, there's places that you would not want to go and there's places that would be a great place to go. There's, where, where we linger, though, greatly affects our life, where we linger. It'll make a big difference in your life. Lot was lingering in the wrong place long before the angels came and, and give them the warning and before they ever took a hold of their hands. Lot was lingering in the wrong place. He'd been there for some time, long enough for his daughters to marry into the, into the wicked city of Sodom. Uh, long enough to, to allow the junk that was going on in Sodom to vex his righteous soul, the Bible says, to cause him to lose his stand for the Lord, cause him to go a different direction and not really live for God. It vexed him. It, it wore upon him and wore him down to where he was no longer that testimony for God. He knew who the Lord was. He was, he was uh, brought through the, 
uh, brought out by Abraham and they had traveled together for so many years and, and enjoyed that time and he'd seen uh, Abraham uh, talking with the Lord and praying and making sacrifices to the Lord. He'd seen the blessings of God come down upon Abraham and upon him because uh, Abraham followed God. And here's a man now that has moved off down to, to uh, Sodom. Uh, we go back, we go back a little bit. You'll find that he moved there because of his uh, taking his, his uh, sheep and his cattle and stuff and moving into a, what he thought was a, a beautiful pasture land where it would be prosperous for him. And he was interested in that more. He was more interested in, in the finances and the materialism than he was about serving God is the problem. That's why he went towards, pitched his, the Bible says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Well, he did not only pitch his, sent his tent towards Sodom, but he wound up in Sodom, a wicked city of homosexuality and other perversion and different things going on that God had decided that he was going to destroy it. If you go back, you'd find that Abraham... Uh, he began to try to bargain with God uh, to get uh, uh, God not to destroy it for, for 50 righteous people. And the Lord said, I'll not destroy it for 50. He said, what about 40? He said, I'll not destroy it for 40. He said, well, uh, don't get mad at me, but how about 30? He said, not for 30's sake. I won't destroy it if I can find 30 righteous people there. He kept on. He, he finally got God down to saying, 10 righteous people. If there's 10 righteous people in Sodom, I'll not destroy it. But God couldn't even find ten. If you just look in the house of Lot, there was four. He had at least, at least two other daughters. That would have put it to six. Their husbands, if they had been influenced, that would have put it to eight. If they had children and their children, one, uh, one apiece, one child apiece, and they had been teaching them in the way of God, that would have put it to ten. But God couldn't even find 10 righteous souls. Couldn't find them. And so God was going to destroy Sodom. After the warning to leave, and Lot didn't leave. He lingered, and they had to take him by the hand and, and lead him out. But Lot was lingering there in the wrong place long before the angels ever come. He shouldn't have been staying there. His lingering cost Lot everything. Lot, when he went towards Sodom, pitched his tent towards Sodom, was a wealthy man. A wealthy man. His herds and his servants and all that he had, his and Abraham's could not dwell together because they were so large. That's why they had to split. Now he's went off down towards Sodom. He's a wealthy man. He's got down there. He's went into, into a, a Sodom. He has become a leader that, that sat in the gates. That's kind of like a, um, a mayor or something of that nature, you might say. I don't know. It, but leaders in the, in the community, he was well known and, and thought of. He was one of the men that sat in the gate to be a judge and so forth. So he's, he's taken up with them. He's a wealthy man. But when he leaves... He leaves everything behind. He wound up as he left. Uh, he, 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 the only thing he wound up with was his two daughters that he had and nothing else. He lost his wife on the way out. She turned back and looked at, at Sodom, longing with her heart to be back there. That's where her heart was, and she turned into a pillar of salt. So now all he has is his two daughters. As they left Sodom, the only thing that he had in his hands was the hands of the two angels that led him out. He didn't take anything with him. Couldn't. Didn't have time. Didn't, pa didn't pack up a pack mule or anything else. Didn't get his servants to go with him. Couldn't get his other daughters and son-in-laws to go with him. 
The only thing that he had when he left that place in his hands was the hands of the angels that took him out because God was merciful to him. You see, there's a wrong place to linger. A wrong place. The psalmist tells us in Psalms chapter 1, See, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And so he's talking about a group of people here that a man would be blessed if he does not linger with, that he does not spend time with. The psalmist warns against lingering with the wrong people. When you linger with the wrong crowd, you become like them. You know the old saying, uh, uh, birds of a feather flock together. Well, there's a lot of truth in that. And many times what happens if you link up with them and you begin to linger with the wrong crowd, you'll become just like them. We see listed here the ungodly. That's those who don't fear or revere God. Their, their lives are full of that which is contrary to the word of God. They don't linger. Hey, listen, we're not to linger with them or to be a part with them and, and link up with them. Because if we do, we'll begin to be like them. The psalmist goes on and he says that we're not to be with the sinner. We're not to stand in the way of the sinner, the ways of the sinner. We're not to linger there. He talks about the seat of the scornful, not to sit down there and be a part of them, those who that ridicule and scorn you for living for the Lord. You see, we're going to be around these people. Every day, you're going to be around them. I mean, there's no, there's no way. These that I just listened to, you're going to be around them. If you get out of your house, you're going to be around them. I mean, you're going to see them at Walmart. You're going to see them at the grocery store. You're going to see them at the gas station. You're going to uh, maybe at public gatherings or wherever. You're going to be around them. But you're not to linger with them. To linger would to be to stay with them, to be, to be yoked up with them. And the Bible says that we're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. There's a difference with them with being friendly to somebody and, and knowing them on a casual basis. There's a difference between that and lingering with them. Lingering with them is to get them to be, uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe the bosom buddy or the great friend and, and closeness and you begin to spend a lot of time with them because the more that you spend time with them, the more that you will become like them a lot of times they say, oh preacher I'm going to change them hop up on that chair stand up here Blake you stand up on that don't ever do this without permission from the preacher <laughs> here's Blake's trying to live for the Lord here I am I'm the scornful I'm the I'm the uh, I'm the the sinner. I'm the the I, I'm the one that that uh, is is out of the way of God. And he says, "Well, I'm going to hang around him enough. I'm going I'm going to befriend him. I'm gonna, he's going to become so close to me that he's going to become like me." Okay, pull me up on that seat. But here's what the world does. Go ahead and stay there if you can. That's the difference. Well, preacher, you weigh a lot more than he does. And there's a lot more of the scornful and the unbelievers and the wicked in the world than there are those who are walking for Christ. The sad part is that even in churches today, there's those who really are not strong in the Lord to help you stand in a position. We cannot pull them up. We've got to try to influence them. It's got to be by the work of God that they come up. It's only through salvation, through Jesus Christ, they're going to get saved. Yes, we're to be that witness, but we're not to linger with the world. We're not to be a part of the world. 
because it will pull us down instead of it, uh, instead of us pulling them up. You see, we're going to be around them, so we need to do something about it. To linger is to hesitate or to stay or to tarry with. And so when we tarry, when we spend that extra time, now there's nothing wrong. You're going to work with people that, that we mentioned here. That's different than, than uh, running around with them all the time. You're going to be with them around in different places. That's different than just being their close friend all the time because they're going to damage your life. You say, well, preacher, that just sounds kind of narrow. Well, the fact is, uh, do you want to be able to influence them or do you want to become like them? There's a difference. And we can be around them and influence them or we can stay intimately and closely with them and linger with them and become like them. So I don't quite understand that. Okay, it's like this. My wife was raised on a dairy farm. We got married. And, and we, uh, we would go home to her home. And sometimes when we would get there, uh, I'd, we'd be over to the house and, and, uh, they would be milking. And, uh, Dorn, uh, her brother and her dad and, and her grandpa Bill would be down at the milk barn milking. And I'd let her, uh, we'd be at the house, we'd get everything unloaded and I'm sitting around there and, I, and I'd say, I'm going to go over to the milk barn. And I'd go over to the milk barn. I go in. The longer I stayed in the milk barn, the more that I acquired the aroma of the milk barn. I had hair back then. It, the aroma would get in my hair. That's what happened to it. <laughs> but I would leave there and I'd go back. We'd go back to the house and she'd, I'd walk in and Janine says, whew, you smell like the milk barn. She knew what the milk barn smelled like. She's been raised around it. Now, when I went there, I didn't go there intending to come out of there smelling like cow manure and like the milk barn. It's a unique smell that you can pick up on. I mean, it, uh, we, always, we always told her dad that, or he'd say something to him, he'd say, what's well, the smell of money? But anyway, the fact is, is that uh, you would walk away from there if you stayed in there. The longer you stayed, the stronger the smell got into your clothes. Can I tell you, the longer that you linger with the wrong crowd, the more you become like them. If I would go over and I, they would maybe be, I would get over about the time they're finishing up, I could walk in, say hi to her grandpa Bill, and, and uh, some of them would say, well, we're cleaned up, and we'll see you over the house. I'd turn around, go back, get in, the, get in the truck, go back to the house. You usually didn't smell it on me because it, I really didn't have time to pick it up. You know what? As we walk through this world, we're going to be around the milk barn. And if we linger, we're going to become like that aroma of it. There's many areas to be cautious of so that we don't linger there. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Here's what's happening. Scoot out here on this end here, Blake. Yeah, put your Bible stuff down there. In our lives, if we're not careful, we allow things to come up in our lives. Can I sit down by you? I need some room. And he made place for me. Now, we're both in a position where we're comfortable. 
And now we can linger. We can spend time together. The thing of it is, when we give place to the things of this world, they're going to linger with us and we're going to linger with them. That's why the Bible says, neither give place. Slide back out, pull your Bible over in that other seat there. If I come up and if you knew it was Satan, Satan said, hey, can I sit with you, buddy? Can I sit over? Oh, you got a Bible over there. I don't want to sit over there. He says, don't make place. Don't make room. Because when we linger or when we make place, we begin to linger. We begin that fellowship with the wrong things that will pull us out into the world. Be careful not to linger before the things that will lead you away into lustful thoughts. The thoughts are wrong thoughts that lead to wrong actions. We've been preaching on the mind on Wednesday nights. And the fact is, is that when we begin to think on the wrong things, uh, a thought's going to come through. And I mentioned this, and, and you can look at it anyway, and I can go back and give you some scriptures on it. But the fact is, is that Satan can greatly influence, put thoughts in your mind. But when it's, it's not the problem that the thought goes in. It's when you begin to linger upon that thought. When you begin to, to hold it in your mind, when you begin to linger upon it, when you begin to think upon it, when you begin to hold it, before long it begins to manifest, it begins to build, and it will influence your life. It will influence your thinking. It will influence your walk with God. It will influence how you react to the things of God when we take a hold of those thoughts. So we've got to be careful not to give place. You say, well, preacher, what do you do? The Bible tells us in, in Philippians uh, chapter 4 and verse 8 that... That when those thoughts come that we're not to think upon, how do you get rid of it then? Then the Bible says to think on those things which are pure, those things that are lovely, those things that are just, those things that are good reports. If there be virtue, if there be any praise, he said, think on these things. Don't give place to that other stuff. Well, the thought came, preacher, what I do? What you're doing is then you're choosing not to think upon it. You're choosing to think upon that which is right. You're not lingering there. You're moving on to something that will help you. The psalmist said in Psalms 101 verse 3, says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. We live in a day when technology is all around us. You cannot get away from it. I mean, it's part of our life. Uh, it can be used for good. It can be used for bad. We try to use uh, the, the Facebook. We try to use the YouTube. We try to use the technology and, and everything that, that's available. We're trying to use it to be a witness for the Lord, and that's good. But this world wants to take something that is good and corrupt it. It wants to change it and wants to use it against you. Satan wants to use it to get you out. The TV, and, and here's the, the thing that that uh, a lot of people don't understand. There's so much stuff on the TV. Now they have the satellite TV. They've got uh, the, uh, everything else going on. They've got the cable TV. And, and it used to be that you had one little antenna. You had rabbit ears or you had an antenna that you put up and, and you might get three or four or five channels at the best if you could. In some places you could only get one and it was pretty bad. And, and now you've got all this variety of all these channels. And, and you sit there and you go through the channels and you look, oh, that looks pretty good. And you sit there and watch it. Before long, that thing starts cussing at you and starts saying things and you start seeing things that you shouldn't be seeing. The thing of it is, is that when you sit there and you linger looking at all that filth and all that junk on that TV, it becomes a part of you. You begin to smell like the milk barn. 
I've had people say, well, we just need to throw the thing out. No, you need to learn how to turn it off or change the channel. And then if you can't handle that, then yeah, throw it out. Because it can be used for good. The fact is, is that when you linger, same thing with Facebook. When you linger on the wrong things in the Facebook, before long you get bad attitudes and you start putting stuff on there and social media, TikTok or whatever the stuff, and Instagram and, and Twitter, and boy, you... It can be used for good. Or you can get in there and you can linger with the wrong people even on that. And when you do, you begin to pick up their stuff. You become like them. Books, same thing. We've got to be careful who we linger with, what we linger with, you might say. The wrong music. Too many times we, we're not careful. we got the wrong music that's, that's saying, that's teaching us. It's a form of brainwash. I don't care what you say, but it begins to put it in your mind and you begin to think on the wrong things when they begin to say the wrong things. And, those, and, and when you begin to linger upon it, it becomes a part of you. On goes many other things that, that we could talk about tonight. These are things that when they're left untethered and unrestricted in our lives, they become a part of us as we linger. Notice what the psalmist said there also. That there are things that when we allow to stay before us will turn us aside. Let me read that verse again. He says, uh, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. He wasn't necessarily talking about people, though it could be. He was talking about things that turn us aside from the Lord when we begin to, to allow them into our lives. So don't linger it turns aside from the ways of God, so don't linger with the wrong things on, on, on items or, or people that would cleave to you. When we linger in the wrong places or with the wrong people, it'll cleave to us and bring, down, bring us down and not build us up in the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 17, I think I, uh, I use that verse this morning, but it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and, and I will receive you unto me. Or I will receive you. But really, you know, we can talk all night about clinging. We can talk all night about lingering and all the bad things. We can talk about all the things that gets us off track when we linger in those things. And can I say that if, if, uh, if you're saved, there's a convicting spirit of God that lives within you called the Holy Spirit that will convict you of those things. The thing of it is, is how you respond whether you will linger or whether you'll listen to the Spirit of God. Now be careful because Lot had the two angels that stood there face to face after he had seen the miracle of God as they smote those men with blindness. He knew they were angels when they entered, when they entered into his house, but then he seen the power of God and they give the message that he was going to destroy it, that they needed to get out. But he still lingered in the wrong place, in the wrong place. And so be careful. Uh, listen to the Spirit of God. Listen to the Word of God. Listen as God speaks to your heart and, and tries to draw you to the right place. I want to really speak more about the, that which we should linger at in our lives. My mom worked at, at, at uh, a bank in Piedmont for years. And I was talking to her one day about counterfeit money. 
I said, Mama, I guess it's kind of, boy, they show you all kinds of counterfeit money and counterfeit bills and stuff uh, so that you'll be on the lookout for them. She said, no, here's what they do. They make you sit down and they put all the denominations in front of you of the real money. And they said, study every one of them. I said, they don't show you any counterfeits? She said, none. So the only time that they'll show us a counter, any counterfeit is after we've studied the real stuff and something's circulating, they may tell us, hey, look for this on it. She said, because if you know the real thing, she said, you'll spot the counterfeit. In our lives, we need to be able to spot the counterfeits. We need to be careful on, on what we do. We need to, to be able to train our, our lives to, to not go after and so much as it's not as much worrying about doing... I, I meet people all the time that they're so worried that they're going to mess up. They're so worried that they're going to do this. They're so worried. Can I tell you, if you'll do right, you don't have to worry about the wrong. If you linger with the right, you don't have to worry about lingering with the wrong. If you put your life in the right perspective, you don't have to worry about as much about the wrong perspective. That doesn't mean to become, uh, uh, you know, arrogant about it or anything like that and, and, and fall into it. The Bible says, uh, he that thinketh these stands, take heed lest he fall. Yeah, you're supposed to make sure that you don't fall. But listen, if you will linger doing the right things and, and work towards doing the right things, uh, you're not going to have to worry so much about lingering with the wrong things because you're not going to have time to linger with the wrong things if you're lingering with the right things. Make sense? Pretty simple, because I'm a simple preacher. So we want to look at this. There's that which we should linger at in our lives. And James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. That scripture, I use it quite often in a lot of areas, and I got to thinking about it when I was working on this message, and I, I thought, to draw nigh to God means that I'm trying to get close to Him, to spend time with Him, to linger with Him. In this verse, the understanding is doing all that we can in our lives to be near unto the Lord. To be able to linger in that which is pleasing unto the Lord. And we'll need to draw near to Him in order to do that. You see, to draw near unto the Lord in the things of God and to linger there and to remain there, we've got to put it in our hearts and put it in our minds. Hey, listen, I don't want to go this way. I want to go this way. I want to linger. I want to spend time with God. I want to spend time in His presence. I want to live for Him. I want to serve Him. I want to know more about Him. I want His power in my life. I want His, His presence in my life. I want His blessings on my life. I want Him to do that which is pleasing in my life. So you have to draw an eye to Him. Lingering begins many times in the Word of God in our lives. The psalmist said there in Psalms 1 again, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the scornful. And then he says in verse 2, but his delight, get a hold of that, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. What's he doing? He's lingering in the Word of God. Can I ask you, how much time do you linger in the Word of God? Well, preacher, I'm busy. I read a little bit. Yeah, but there's more than just reading it. There's meditating upon it. 
You can have your devotions of a morning before you go to work or before you go to school. And it may just be a short few verses. It may be a chapter or two or whatever it might be. But then through the day, you can meditate upon it. You can linger in it. You can allow it to become part of you. I used to, when I had electronics repair business, and, and uh, I, I worked trying to memorize Scripture, and I would take three by five cards, and on my visor, I would, I would put a Scripture verse on, on it, and I would put it on my visor, and I'd be driving down the road. I'd flip it down, I'd look at that verse, and I, I, I would flip it back up, and I, would, and I would start trying to quote it, and I tried to memorize it. And then I found that, hey, listen, not only did I, if I memorized it, but if I would apply it, if I would begin to say, this is how it works in my life. And you know what that is? That's meditating upon it. Looking at the Scripture and thinking it through instead of just reading a verse and then moving on to another one, or just reading a verse where there's no application in your heart and mind. I believe the Word of God is not just a history book. I think it's for application in our lives. And the only way that we can apply it is we've got to learn to linger in it, to meditate upon it, to apply it to our hearts and lives. And so what we've got to do is we've got to begin to linger in the Word of God. He said that his delight was in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. One of the things that he also said there was that he delighted in it. A lot of people look at it as a chore, as a chore to, to, uh, uh, to read the Word of God. Well, i got to read the Word of God today. Preacher says read the Word of God. i got to read the Word of God. You know what? When I was dating Janine, and it was before cell phones, and, and I drove a 1978 Chevy half-ton Silverado, uh, big tires, chrome roll. Oh, anyway, we... Uh, we were dating, and, and so she lived 180 miles from me. That meant that we didn't get to see one there a lot. So we talked on the telephone, and by the way, it was one of these. You say, preacher, what's that? Oh, grow up. We would talk, and it cost you, too, when you talked long distance back then. It wasn't like cell phones. And we wrote letters. And where my place of work there was owned by my dad and, and I, we worked together in electronics repair. And, and um, I would go down and get the mail and there, there would be a letter. You know, there was never a time that I got that letter. I thought, oh, she wrote me again. Oh, come on, girl. No, I get that letter out of that mailbox and she said, you said, did she actually spread perfume on? I don't know, but I pretended like she did anyways, amen. And I've seen it on the TV program or something. I'd open that letter up and I'd read it on the way back up to the shop. Sometimes I'd get in there and nobody was there. I'd go ahead and finish reading that letter. I'd fold it up and put it overside. And when I had a break, sometimes I'd get it back out and I'd read it again. I'd look at every single word to see if there's any message or any secret code in there telling me something. <laughs> I'd fold up, put it up. Noon come, I'd go eat lunch and I'd take the letter with me. I'd read that letter two or three times at, at, at noontime and all day long. 
I thought about what was in that letter. Why? Because she meant something to me. Because there was a relationship building. And I lingered upon the words that she put in there. Especially those little hearts down at the bottom. And I lingered upon that. I meditated upon it. I thought about it. Do you know what? 66 love letters. 66 of them. In depth. In depth. Showing the love of God for you and me. And oh, how we need to meditate upon the Word of God and linger in it, allowing it to become a part of us. It's so needful. Linger in the Word of God. Notice the lingering in the Word of God, just not just by reading, but by meditating upon it. As I said, the more that we spend the time in the Word of God, the more the Word of God becomes a part of our lives. Linger in prayer. You know, it takes time to, to really pray. Now, I'm not, I'm not against short prayer. I'm not against it. I, there's a lot of times I pray, oh, Lord, be with them. Would you help them through this time? Amen. That quick. Sometimes I'll be driving down the road. I'll see something happen. Oh, Lord, would you please be with them? Help them. But it takes time to pray. And it's what we call pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. You know, we have this thing, you've got this Bluetooth in our, our cars now and stuff, and, and we can link our phones into that, and you can, somebody calls you, and you can be driving down the road and you're just talking to them all the time. You're still driving. You're still trying to watch the traffic. You're still trying to do things, and, and you're still talking to them. I, I remember when those Bluetooth things come out that they've stuck in their ears, you know, and, and I, so many times somebody be walk, they walk up to me or, or I'd be in a store or something, they'd be walking by and they'd, well, how are you doing today? And I, I'd turn out, oh, and they was, had one thing on, they was talking to somebody else. They wasn't talking to me. The fact is, is that we need to be connected to the Lord in prayer continually. Never hang up the phone on the prayer line. That's lingering in prayer. Then there's those seasons of prayer that we ought to have in our lives also. I, I believe that that's important too, that we spend the extra time and, and, and just getting alone with God and, and, and get on our faces before God. And, and you might spend uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, two hours. I don't know. But as long as we need those, other, but we should linger with the Lord in prayer and walk with Him. That's lingering when we pray without ceasing. That draws us close to Him. Lingering in worship. Don't just throw up a word of praise. Lord, thank you. That's good. Boy, you're a great God. But think upon the goodness of the Lord. Roll it through your heart and roll it through your mind. If all that I ever said to my wife is, Oh, I love you. It means so little. But when the, where it comes to mean something is when I begin to think about her. And how good of a wife she's been to me. And how she's put up with me. And how she birthed my children and, and raised those children, helped raise those children and 
what she does in, in, in showing her love to me and, and around the house and in other things and just that expression of love. When I begin to think on, on those things, it changes the response of my expression to her. Honey, I love you. You're a wonderful wife. When we begin to linger with the Lord in worship, it begins to come from the heart. And we begin to see His goodness. We begin to understand His magnificence. It goes and begins to blow our mind how wonderful a God it is and how blessed is the song with how blessed we've been. And how the Lord has been so good to us when we linger and begin to roll it through our hearts and minds, thinking upon Him and thinking upon His goodness, lingering in that time with your mind focused on the Lord. Given every opportunity, we proclaim it with our lips also and brag upon Him everywhere we go. Maybe in the church house when we have time for testimony. You know, that's one of the things that I, 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 I struggle with when I see Christians that, that never want to get up and brag on God. That, I'm sorry, but it, and I'm not saying you don't love the Lord, and that you, but it bothers me when people don't want to brag on God. We're not talking about bragging on somebody else. We're talking about bragging on your Savior, the one who went to the cross for you and died in your place and and has has blessed you and has given you eternal life and and watches over you and provides for you and and cares for you and and protects you from the destruction of Satan and, and blesses in so many ways that you don't even see. It's hard for us to come up with a word of, of even saying, I love the Lord. He's been good to me. So preach your word. It's not outspoken. Well, if we get on the right subject, you would be. Linger in worship. Linger for the presence of the Lord in your life. Waiting, lingering just to spend time with Him. Just spending time walking with Him. The psalmist said in Psalms 27, verse 14, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Lingering is waiting. I go with my wife sometimes. We'll take a day and we'll go and we spend time, maybe go to Kansas City and just talk and visit and go up there. And, and she's got certain stores she kind of likes to go in and she calls it spying out the land. I'm glad that she spies out the land. She don't do a lot of killing on my bank account. <laughs> So many times she'll go in and she'll be in there for a long time. She'll come back out. Nothing. I said, you didn't find anything? No, I just spying out the land. Let's go over here. I want to go over here and spy out the land over here. She'll go over there and look and spying out the land. She'll just go back to the first door. And she'll come back walk with a little bit old bag like this here. You won't believe this. It was $79.95. Got it for $2. <laughs> I said, can you cut it back some? But you know what happens when you get to spending that time together. But when she's in there, I'm sitting in the car. I'll have my Bible on my phone or I'll have other things on there or maybe this or that or I've turned the card and a ball game on. Or I, sometimes I'll have a book. I may have been to Mardell's and pick me up a new book to read or maybe I've got one I took with me and read it. And I may sit there for an hour or longer. But you know what? I'm waiting on her. It doesn't bother me a bit. 
She said, doesn't that bother you? I said, no. No. Why? Because I love her. You know what the Lord says to you and me? Wait on the Lord. And be of good courage. And He'll strengthen thine heart. And then He goes on and He reinforces it again. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. Wait. Lingering for the presence of God. You know what? Many of us will go to certain things and we'll get in line and we'll wait for this or we'll wait for that for hours. My daughter that drank out of my water cup all ago, her and, and her mother went shopping one Christmas and Hunter and I was at home and they was at, at Walmart. It was 11, 11.30, I don't know, probably 1 o'clock in the morning. It's 11, 11.30. I get this phone call. I was in bed, like every good person ought to be. This was Black Friday. They said, we need you to come over here and stand in line. I said, are you drunk? No, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. I said, you're kidding me. She said, no. need you to come over and stand in line. Need, need Hunter to come too. <laughs> How many lines you got? Well, we got two lines. You need to stand in the one with the bicycles, and we got him to stand in, we're going to have him stand in line for something else. We got these other two lines we're going to stand in line for. <laughs> Being the man I was, I got out of bed and went. <clears throat> and I waited in that line for a bicycle, maybe for you. Or your sisters. You know me. You know what? We'll wait for everything else. Why not wait for the presence of God? Linger. Linger. Linger with the people of God. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, and I think Brother Glenn even used this when he was preaching, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. You know what? It's good it's encourage, to encourage one another in the Lord, to build up and lift up uh, the fallen, to strengthen one another. And it's good to linger and to be around brothers and sisters in Christ and spend time with one another, to linger, to encourage, to strengthen, to build up. Being around those who love God, lingering in that presence and, and not one of the things, and, I, and, and I'm going to brag on you here, one of the things that so many preachers come in, I usually don't say anything about this because I don't want to jinx it, but many of the preachers, evangelists and different preachers that I've known over the years, they come in, they walk through the, after the services are over, uh, especially if they're preaching several nights, and they leave, get ready to leave, they'll say, man, you got a healthy church. I said, well, I think they're, they're pretty healthy. He said, yeah. He said, you want how I know? I said, I think I know what you're going to say. He said, they stand around and visit. They linger. They linger. Enjoying the fellowship one with another. Can I tell you something that is so important in our day and time? You need the right friends. You need the right fellowship. You need to be able to linger with one another. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to do that. I'm glad that you do. The fact is, is that it's important in your life and my life because iron sharpeneth iron. We encourage, we build up, we strengthen one another. 
that Christian fellowship is critical in our lives. You see, we're going to be around religious people. We're going to be around the unconcerned people. We're going to be around wicked people. We're going to, uh, we're going to try it, and, and we're going to try to win them to Christ, but we're not to linger with them. And we're to allow, and not to allow their ways to become our ways or weaken our walk with the Lord. Jesus, and I mentioned, I believe this this morning in John chapter 17 and begin in verse 15, says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou should keep us them from the evil. We got to live in this world. And so the Lord says, I want you to keep them from the evil that will destroy them. And the way that he wants to do that is to get us not to linger with the world, but to linger with one another, the things of those who love the Lord. Verse 16 says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So stay in the word. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. We're not to linger in, with the lost world and the wickedness of the vileness. Yes, we're going to be around them. But we ought to be a light to them. And we ought to be salt to them. But we're not to linger with them. We're to linger with those who love the Lord also. You fellas, you young ladies, be careful who you linger with because it can destroy your life. Be careful. Guy said, Well, she's beautiful. Man, she's a knockout. I think Delilah probably was too. Samson was drawn to her. He left and he went down and he lingered with the Philistines. And Delilah was a Philistine. It wound up costing him his power, his leadership over Israel, his eyes, and his life. Be careful who you linger with. It can destroy you. I could go on, but time doesn't permit it. When and where you linger should strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if it's not strengthening you in the Lord, then you're lingering in the wrong place. It should strengthen you. You see, every one of us is going to linger somewhere. If you, choose, if you choose to linger in the right place, you won't have time to linger in the wrong places like Lot did. If you're lingering in the wrong places, it's going to vex your soul. It's going to wear you down. But if you're lingering in the right places, it's going to build you spiritually. The Word of God will strengthen you. Prayer will strengthen you. Fellowship with the Lord will strengthen you. Worship will strengthen you. Brothers and sisters in Christ will strengthen you if you linger with the right ones in the right place. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for all that you have done in our lives. Help us, Lord, not to linger in the wrong places, even in our minds. Lord, Satan will try to attack and get us to thinking and lingering in those thoughts that are wrong. Help us to put them away. And help us, Lord, to linger on the good things, the right things, pure things, things of virtue, things with, with praise, things that are 
are godly and, and wholesome that will strengthen us. But Lord, help us to linger in the right place and wait upon you. Have your will and way, Lord, I pray in this invitation. I pray in Jesus' name.